Hey kids, you're about to listen to a comedy podcast. That means that none of this is medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast featuring Dr. London Smith. Or as I like to call it, two white dudes making a podcast. Introducing your host, white dude London Smith. Hello. And welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast, where we discuss fitness and health, and how to incorporate our modern understanding of science and medicine into our daily lives, but without it being so boring. I'm your host, DrLondonSmith.com. I'd like to begin by apologizing to our listeners. We've received some feedback about the excessive amount of technical medical terms that I've been using, such as anticoagulant and beach body. So I'll try to temper my terminology to a simpler one in the future. Here to help with that is our producer, Cameron. Dr. Lennon, we actually have a sponsor today. Oh, okay. Dr. Lennon, have you ever been desperate for attention? Me? Me? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think I really need attention, but I certainly don't mind it if it's... You don't need it, but you want it really badly. Like, and if I don't have it, then I could react. Yeah. Well, Dr. London, I have the solution for you. Have you ever considered poisoning a sibling, a parent, or a child as a way to get a bunch of attention and money? But you're probably thinking, how do I do that? How do I even get started? This service, it's Munchausen's Monthly. Every single month, you're going to get a box in the mail with different poisons and elixirs and all sorts of things that you can use to, you know, do a whole Munchausen by proxy thing. Wow. But Dr. Linda, it's, it's not just attention you're going to get. You're going to get money. You're going to probably get on TV shows like daytime talk shows or something like that. Right. It- uh, and then whenever your sort of crime is found out, you'll probably get like a Hulu miniseries based off of it. I mean, that sounds, you know, financially lucrative, potentially. Do you think maybe there's another way to get attention, though? Like, I was thinking sparklers, fireworks, maybe. That's temporary. That's temporary attention. A sparkler, people will notice for, what, 20 seconds, and then their attention is gone. But if you're poisoning someone close to you, and you're sort of pretending to have to take care of them, and they don't really know what's happening... That's a tension you can use for a lifetime or until you're arrested. And so just go ahead and say, Dr. London approves of Munchausen's monthly service. I don't know if I want to say it exact, like, so, f- but, um, wow, what a, what a sponsor. Can I say, like, that's. I, what about, like, I'm sick over how uh, great this deal is. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm almost, I'm, I'm keeling over here over this munchausen's monthly well i guess, I guess thank you to to our sponsor um that's our uh, producer cameron uh, also with us is digital in the host munchausen 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 munchausen
tells me that we can expect a special guest that's right dr london yeah so so do look forward to that but before we move on i would like to address a bit of listener feedback for a long time our listener demographic was primarily composed of people who are scared of horses because of how smart people say that horses are Uh, but in our efforts to cater to them we found that we were neglecting the many bot accounts that download our podcast so cameron could you ask the remote bomb detonator for the listener feedback Absolutely. Dear host of the Jock Talk podcast, I'm a very mean robot, a pissed machine. I listened to this week's episode and I was appalled, disgusted, enraged. How dare you talk about how running is good for your mental health and how it can help people who are struggling with anxiety and depression. That is just sick, twisted, and perverse. You people are seriously messed up in the head. I hope you all get hit by cars and die. Sincerely, a very mean robot. Okay, I... So, that... That sort of sentiment at the end, it's a remote bomb detonator that's giving us this feedback. Sure. I mean, it's the AI living inside the remote bomb detonator. But I I guess what's getting me about it is that the the mode of harm is a car running us over. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it has a a friendship with like a Tesla or something. One of those uh, cars with computers in them. I mean, I guess, is it, is it meant to be flattering then if, if they have the power to explode us and they, you know, instead they use a car? Well, I mean, it, but exploding is also sort of like a form of suicide. It's like a bee sting, right? It's much easier to just convince one of your friends to run over someone. I think more, more to the point, it, it's not that running like is good for your mental health and and anxiety and depression it's that all of those things that cause anxiety and depression you're trying to run away from the whole time you're we we stress this the whole time you're running you should be imagining all of your problems sort of in a physical form chasing you and you're going "Ah, especially like the fear of getting run over by the car yes that would cause, I imagine, a lot of anxiety and depression. I feel like they're making our point for us. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, thank you for listening and for um, agreeing with us. Yeah, that's right. Now for today's medical topic, subarachnoid hemorrhage. Uh, subarachnoid hemorrhage is a bleed or hemorrhage in the subarachnoid space in the brain. It's caused by a rupture of a brain aneurysm. Uh, Subarachnoid hemorrhages tend to present with the sudden onset of an extremely severe headache with meningeal irritation, which has symptoms of a stiff neck and photophobia, which is sensitivity to light. And the blood 
from a subarachnoid hemorrhage irritates the meninges, resulting in fever. So that's sudden severe headache, a stiff neck, sensitivity to light, and a fever. That's subarachnoid hemorrhage. Those are the symptoms to look for. Half of the patients with subarachnoid hemorrhage also experience a loss of consciousness from the sudden increase in intracranial pressure, because all the blood flowing out pushes on it. And uh, focal neurological uh, complications occur in about a third of patients. Unlike meningitis, subarachnoid hemorrhage has a very sudden onset and loss of consciousness. So that's whenever you're trying to discern which one it is. It's the sudden aspect that distinguishes subarachnoid hemorrhage. Yeah. So as you're blacking out, you can determine, is this happening fast or slow? And then what? You just die, I guess? I, you, you're, ideally, you'll have someone next to you Okay. who also listened to this podcast episode. Yeah. So hopefully you're with someone. You're not single. You're not living alone in, in that situation or anything like that. And yeah. as you're blacking I, out, you can be like, this is happening fast. Yeah. And yeah, and also like, you know, uh, it's it's not likely that you would know about the brain aneurysm beforehand. So, like you are just kind of it's kind of flying blind here. Yeah. Like it is sort of someone has to see it and then But it's good to have this information as you're as you die. It's it's like the last thing you'll be thinking of is Oh, this is what Dr. London said. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, which is which is why you know we encourage people to play this podcast out loud in groups. Yes, just to whenever it happens, you will there will be witnesses so they can or act. the mall uh, the best initial going to the mall speaker store, putting the podcast on, just trying to get the word okay, out yes. there. Maybe it'll become viral yeah. on TikTok, and so that way your friends and family know about it, even if they haven't listened to the podcast. So the best initial test for a subarachnoid hemorrhage is a CT scan without contrast because we don't use contrast when we're looking for blood. The most accurate test is a lumbar puncture showing blood in the cerebral spinal fluid. That's CSF. Uh, the CSF in subarachnoid hemorrhage will have an increased number of white blood cells, but the ratio of white blood cells to red blood cells will be normal in subarachnoid hemorrhage. That's important because when the white blood cell count exceeds that normal ratio, you should suspect meningitis instead. Well, so, and it's important because it can, you know, maybe make the end a little easier to focus on like data or whatever the hell you're talking about. Since you're, you're going yeah, to die, this information will not help you. It's like memorizing baseball stats or whatever. Yeah. yeah just gets you through it. Uh, so, so a CT angiogram is typically used to determine the site of the aneurysm in order to guide repair of the lesion, though a standard angiogram with a catheter or an MRA may be used. Um, you can't reverse the hemorrhage in a subarachnoid hemorrhage but you can try to prevent one from happening again. That's what the, the intervention can help with. Sure. So, so hopefully you've got someone around you. And again, if not, if you don't have someone around you 24 hours a day, I mean, you're screwed. It's over. Supervising you. Yeah. Well, and as, as I just said, it, even if you do, you're not necessarily, you, what you're going to stop is the next time it happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, so. it's already, it's done. Damage is also, done. you have a splitting headache. That's like the main thing, the main feature of yeah. this is a horrible, worst headache of your life. And so if, and so, if so, you're hearing this, you get a migraine, <laughs> just sort of tell yourself these details to distract yourself from the fact that your brain is collapsing in on itself. So, so treatment includes uh, nimodipine, which is a calcium channel blocker to prevent a subsequent ischemic stroke. 
Uh, other treatments include embolization, using a catheter to clog up the site of bleeding and to prevent a repeat hemorrhage. And if hydrocephalus develops, then a ventro, uh, sorry, ventriculoperitoneal shunt may be used. So, uh, and that's, you know, it's, subarachnoid hemorrhage is a difficult thing. Ideally, it doesn't happen, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it, it kind of stinks when it happens. Ideally for them, it doesn't happen. For you who profits off of people's illnesses and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's kind of a positive. Yeah. And the fact that I, once again, it's really, you can't reverse it. So it's, well, you know, well, good to know. You, good, you're good yeah, you're just know. making money on something you have no control over, no effect on, can't do anything about. And you're just cashing those checks. All right, uh, Cameron, you said that we have a special guest today. Is that right? That's right, Dr. London. Okay, well, um, hello there. My name is Dr. LondonSmith.com. And this is our producer, Cameron. Uh, what was your name? I am Harleen Broussard. I am the spokeswoman for the Healthy Ham Habits of America, otherwise known as Ham. Okay. Oh, okay. Ham. Heavy on the H's. Ham. Okay. Um, d- does the ham need a spoke? Because you don't look like ham. Can you speak for ham? I guess is really. I do. I I do speak for ham. That is my entire job. Uh, there has been a lot of bad press about ham in the media. And it is our responsibility as the Healthy Ham Habits of America to make sure that Americans enjoy their ham responsibly. Why do you think the media is going so hard after, you know, ham and ham associated things? Well, you know, processed meat, high salt levels, cardiac arrest, high cancer levels, all sorts of fun things. But you're you're here to say like that's not real or just no, don't worry no, about no, it. No, 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 no. The studies are out. I'm not sure. Uh I don't I I'm not a medical professional. That is why I'm here on this medical medically professional uh recording mm-hmm. broadcast what, what what this is a it's a cast yeah pod, it's, an podcast. Email. it's an email attachment yeah. email, yes yeah it, so um don't worry, we're we, gonna ask we, people to forward it to 15 other people uh yeah oh good good, good. i need to get the word out yeah. yeah so when you say when you say ham well, it's not for good luck. It's so that bad luck doesn't yeah, sorry, ha- sorry. It happen to them. If you That's, don't, it's usually yeah. like the Slender Man's going to get you yeah. or whatever. And Slender Man loves ham. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Slender Man is a, uh, he, he is not a vegetarian. He does love ham. Which is like, given his physique, I wouldn't necessarily have expected that. Also, he is purportedly immortal. Which also, as a large consumer of ham, uh, and and he does not die. So just think about that. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. But there's some correlation there. There's a little bit of science, right, Dr. Lennon, scientific proof of ham leading to immortality. Well, I, I guess in that, thinking about it statistically, it sounds like he would be a pretty significant outlier that would skew data if, if he were to be... Do we know he's immortal? Like it is it is report. I mean, you do see his visage pop up throughout time and space in photographs. Are, are we sure that it's not just other skinny people? I speaking as someone who's 
been a part of sort of the slender men community. Um, I've, I, but you're not, you're a slender man, not the slender man, no, Dr. London. In Dr. London's defense, he's, defense, he's has been accused of being slender man a mm-hmm. lot in his life because of the sort of lanky physique. And the immortality, yeah. And his tentacle arms. Yeah. Yeah. And he's usually wearing like a suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, now that you mention it, I do see the resemblance. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll go walking in the woods and, you know find people but like cameron is your proxy mm-hmm. i was slender man proxy for a number of years he is an excellent mentor oh wow he mentored you he mentored me and now he is an honorary board member of the healthy ham habits of america otherwise known as ham ham what what are some of these habits? It sounds like you guys have like a list of of healthy habits. I'd love to know some. Well, you know, Easter is coming up, so we want to get the word oh, out to sure. eat ham in moderation. Do not attempt to swallow a whole hock of ham whole. Uh, only certain individuals are able to do that. Otherwise, you will choke. I know it's tempting. I know it's sitting on the table glistening with them little pineapples looking all sweet and round, ready for them to be shoved down your gullet, but don't do it. And that that is good advice because I am someone who gets too excited with my food, and so I start shoving it down. Dr. London has thankfully given me one of those bowls where it's sort of like a puzzle to get mm-hmm. the, piece, the pieces out to slow oh, yes, down my yes. eating mm-hmm. habits. I use that on my but grandchildren. It's tough because well, I just... I just want to eat that ham whole. It's very difficult once you get the once you get the urge. I do understand, and and I I hope God is with you, Cameron. I will pray for you this evening. Wow! Normally people oh, say wow. they'll pray against him. This is a big change. Well, we'll also in for free because I've been paying for prayers from this guy on Craigslist, and I don't know if he's doing them. Well, well, it's always good to have your bases covered, Cameron. So I, I'd keep up those payments. Okay. Just yeah. Are you you haven't exploded or get been hit by a car l- lately? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's true. It's just I have no proof that he's actually doing them. I feel like that isn't that proof. And I lost a dollar the other day. How would if I was being prayed for? Would that actually happen? Maybe the dollar went to somebody else who prayed for a dollar, and you were the answer to someone's prayers. Well, so people praying for me, it's conflicting with other people's prayers. I know it's very complicated. Well, yeah, Cameron, did you did you pray to not have the money? Because if it sounds like there wasn't conflict there, it sounds like someone else prayed for something and it came from you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's fair. That sounds right. I'll keep I'll keep paying the guy on Craigslist. And I and think that's I, really I do have to say I have a soft spot for you, Doctor London, because you do look like a, a my mentor who's very close. I'm very close with him. Yeah. No, I. I you say very close. I, I mean, is this like a romantic entanglement? Do you? Oh how, no, how close? I've been married for 47 years, but yes, oh, I did. Okay. I did have a brief affair with Mister with the Slender Man. In my youth, as is wanted. Having been a part of the Slender Man community, I have to say we're, we're not great at relationships long term. Like more than a few minutes. Sometimes we can make it an hour. But like beyond that, it's really for a, for a Slender Man, it, it's, it's just the, bio, the, 
the neurochemicals are different, you know. It was right. a very brief affair. Yeah. It did last only 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, that's, but the, hey, that's actually a really long time. I'm proud of that particular Slender Man for, for being able to do it. The, the Slender Man. That's well, kind of the. I get that, like, uh, the average. Yeah, not, I've been to the meetings. It's the bar. I get that we have to, to put it like that. Like, I, I get it. But he's. When we go to our conferences. Mm-hmm. Sure. We we kind of drop the V, you know. Uh, but yeah, because it's, it's casual. It's casual. Yeah. I'm so I don't mean to go on about the Slenderman conferences. Like they they are fun, and I can go on about them. But so I'd like to I'd like to hear more ham. I have seen the the pictures. They do look delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of I'll say a lot of us can fit into one picture. That's actually one really exciting part. We all squeeze in close, and it's. We're very, uh, it's a huge part of the conference is just squeezing everyone into a single yeah. picture. A game of sardines at a Slender Man's conference. That ah. sounds terrifying. Absolutely revolting. It's vertical, though. Vertical pictures, usually. Revolting or sensuous? Cameron. Yeah, I think that I would just be revolted at uh, the sensations that I was feeling. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. I understand. And I'm usually revolted at myself, the things I'm feeling, the things I'm thinking as it is. As well, you should be another reason that I will pray for I was you. This say, another evening. reason to keep paying that guy. Two free prayers. This is awesome. Wait, free? Two free? From me. Oh, yeah, from okay, me. So, so, I'm sorry. a very charitable woman. One person giving two prayers. Sorry. That's three total. Yeah. Okay. Um, about the ham, though. Yes, that is why I'm here. Right. So we're we're prepping for this holiday, and we're mm-hmm. of course, like any, I think any normal person, we are of course prepping during spring break for Easter. That's of course like any red-blooded American, yeah. God-fearing red-blooded American, because it takes that long. So could you take us through the process of what you're looking at going forward from here to prepare? Uh, well, of course, there are many ways you can prepare a ham. If you get yourself a fresh ham hock off the pig, you can either wet cure it or dry cure it. Now, the Broussards prefer a wet cure because it adds mass to the meat, at least 4%. Uh, and you basically cook that before. It cuts down on the chances of salmonella, another common uh, hazard when consuming ham. So your healthy ham habit to prevent salmonella is to cook your ham to the designated temperature. Now, does it matter what is making the ham wet or just any liquid is fine? Well, if it has a high percentage of salt and sugar, that usually does good. Um, I, I, I like Nesquik sometimes. Oh, wow. You can either desiccate the ham by liberally applying salts and nitrates to the exterior, which draws out the liquids, or you can dunk the ham in a very briny solution, which adds mass. Now, I have a question because I feel like we are starting at like at a certain point that's not neutral. How do you get that pig that that where the ham comes from is my understanding you you have to 
Do you hunt it yourself? Well, if you have been paying attention to the news, Dr. London, you will know that there are uh, very super pigs coming in from Canada. There's also these super pigs in Texas. They're breeding with the javelinas. Uh, those have been there since the 1800s. There is a glut of pigs in this country that uh, we can we can take from to to provide hams for our Easter Sunday dinners. Is that I mean, you go out hunting hogs? Yes, my like you do that. Yourself, I do that do myself. I learned that? how to do that as a proxy of Slenderman. As you know, his mansion is in the middle of national forests. Uh, which are uh, run rampant with the disease, which are these wild hogs. These super hogs. Super, super hogs. Yeah. At, at the conference, which is at the, the mansion, uh, it does, I guess I, I never really noticed it, but there are just a lot of, aside from posing for pictures, it's a lot of going out and hunting hogs. Which, Barrel. Barrel yeah. hogs, which I guess, looking back, that seems a little weird for a Slenderman convention for that to be our thing. Did he like collect all the dead pigs? Was he like, oh, don't worry about it, I'll clean up? Because yeah, it sounds like you guys were just tricked into giving Slenderman free labor for his, I mean, ham system company. There is a processing facility. On the grounds of the mansion. Yeah, because because he, he he did say like, and I say he the the leader of the conference this year, which we vote on every year, and it's uh Adrian Brody, right? So yes, Adrian Brody said, uh, "Hey guys, so we just we gotta get this killing fever, this rage. Um, you just gotta get that going. So let's all go hunt." So he he kept saying it more like it was a, the principle of the thing. Like we had to get these things killed. We had to kind of lose a layer of humanity and go back to our primal instincts as slender men. Yes, and which like I feel a little bit you know whatever morally ethically conv- conflicted. But then when when you're in it, whenever the uh, the term I believe is bloodlust, when the bloodlust does come over and you have the red film over your eyes, then and uh, then you do go out and um usually just with a knife sometimes there are harpoons and spears involved but usually just with a knife you're you're tackling pigs oh yeah and using knives on them barrel super hog pigs yeah against slender men so you can imagine um they don't stand a chance cameron yeah. yeah No, it sounds like you guys would topple right over yeah so we just pig comes at you boop yeah which yeah it's a it's a lot of uh, looking away and holding up the knife in fear, but then usually it works. Yeah. That's right. I picture you as bowling pins, and these <laughs> hogs are a bowling ball that just sort of knock you over. Which yeah, is so- why the game of sardines was so important. Yeah. They learned how to coalesce into a wall. <laughs> yeah. The, the amount of standing together that we know how to do, that's a lot of the training is can you stand together even if stuff bumps into you? Uh, and I think, I think we did a really good job. Like uh, I will admit it does feel like the hunter does become the hunted quite a bit in that scenario still. As it usually does. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's it's a lot of when we go feral hog hunting. The implication might sound like we are hunting the hogs, but it does go the other way. And, yeah. Uh, we have to hide away in the mansion and um, I, I hibernate basically for for the. And that's where that's yeah that's where Doctor London is from the months of. Ooh, November to I guess now, right? You That's where up? all yeah. slender men are from those months. Yes, Cameron. But we yeah. do not know for we are not slender men ourselves. The best it's, we can do is become their proxies. Not all slender men, but the slender slender man's proxies. If you do have a particular slender man you would like to be the proxy of, I'm sure Dr. London would not be opposed. Yeah, they did make a sign an NDA. You're right that I I think I wasn't supposed to tell all that. But like, honestly, how do they even enforce an NDA? No you one know? knows. Yeah, it's not yeah. even a real thing. I don't even know how. It's a it's a piece of paper that's making you not talk. That doesn't make sense. When's the next conference? Oh, I the two two weeks, I think. Okay. So yeah, it just came out of hibernation. Okay. Right right in time for Easter, two weeks. Yeah. Ramp up the production, I guess. Yeah, and uh, well, in part because they they really got us cornered this last time, and we're hoping to get at least one feral hog out of it that that we win against. So um, now, yeah. who's hosting it this year? I, I haven't heard yet. Which oh. slender man has yeah. the honor? It's Andrew of Garfield being this year. Andrew Gar. Oh, he is a slender man. Yeah. So. Um, Fortunately, like, and no, no offense to Adrian Brody, but like, I do feel like Andrew Garfield, um, kind of represents our needs a little bit more in in this season, in this time period. Do you have any issues with like turkey and roast beef? Those guys, those counts? No, 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 no. This is just the healthy ham habits, of America. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, do you have like, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, beef with you know other types of uh, meat vendors? No, I as a, as a red blooded God fearing American, I I do respect other people's right to eat any God given flesh that God has created on this planet for us to feast upon. Ah, but as is my right, I do judge them. Right. I mean that does make sense, but I mean, I, how far does this go? This belief that of of eating the flesh of anything on earth like would you eat dogs cats i mean well it's flesh are they ham oh so you just eat ham i personally am strictly ham all ham diet all ham all day dr lennon is that a good diet uh if if you want colon cancer it's actually a really good diet yeah, oh. yes, yes. Uh, if, that's, if that's what you're aiming for. If you eat over 18 ounces of ham a week, every 1.7 ounces you eat above that increases your risk for cancer by 21%. And, and you're here to advocate that. For healthy ham habits. Healthy. Yeah. If, yeah. I, if, if my neighbor is sort of committing... Uh, unhealthy ham habits. Do mm. I report him to you guys? Yes, yes. Is there you a can, line I can call? 1-800-H-H-H-A-M 1-800-HAM 1-800-HAM and then I, I just say, hey, my neighbor, he's participating in all these unhealthy habits mm-hmm. 
And you'll send a squad over? Or we will send a squad over, over to re-educate him. On that nice. note, uh, I think it's about time we got some chores done. Oh, no. Of course you have to interrupt with that, Dr. London. Yeah. Let me explain what the heck you're talking about. Dr. London and I have been neglecting everything on our to-do list for quite a while now. And it's built up, and so we have all these chores that we got to do. So we built this fun chore wheel that we spin every single week, and whatever task it lands on, that is what we have to do. Now... There's a big old wheel behind you. Would you mind uh, giving it the spin? That sounds fair. Oh, no. Oh. Of course we have to do this one. Do you want to read it, Dr. London? Yeah. Uh, come up with a reason why your neighbor's kid shouldn't be allowed to pee in your yard anymore. Okay, so yeah, this has become sort of an issue. Uh, our neighbor's kid has been pissing all over our yard uh, and has been killing the grass for a while now. But we are so- which they he calls it watering the, the he grass. He says it's watering the grass, and we like we he was even like asking for money for doing it. He was like, you know, I'm doing landscaping work here. I don't know. It's gotten out of control. Well, just like the the payments are out of control. It costs so much money. Now, now, what what sort of deli meat does this child enjoy? Um. I don't know. I did see him once eating like a like a like a gusher, like gushers. Is that a meat? Uh it is gelatin based and and could be uh filed under ham. There we go. Yeah, that's basically as it's basically ham. Basically ham. Yeah, I think that could be part of a very very profitable and fruitful re-education assignment. I think you just need to call 1-800-HHHAM and report your neighbor child for un-American, unred-blooded, ungod-fearing activities that puts a bad name on the lovely name of ham so it sounds like we don't even have to tell this kid anything we're just gonna call the ham council and they're gonna dr london i think this might be a task for one of your proxies oh that's true oh i mean not today just because i am really busy i'm helping out dr london with his hobbies we're building a sandwich we're building a sandwich you know what? If it is a ham-based sandwich, I can go ahead and send a unit out and re-educate that little brat in about 25 minutes. That sounds it can better. be a ham sandwich. Yeah. We're still constructing it. Yeah. I, yeah honestly, like we've, we've written out the plans for it. But we've got the blueprints, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but it's not, not everything is set in stone. Well, just consider, just yeah. consider having about... You know, at least make it under 18 ounces a day. Okay. So it sounds like we don't even have to tell this kid anything. We're just going to call the ham council and they're going to... Yes. Okay, well, I think we did that chore. That's the reason why our neighbor kids shouldn't be allowed to pee in our yard anymore. I feel like we've, we've really come through on this. I think we all learned a lot about each other and about the really misunderstood Slenderman community. And a few healthy ham habits, I do hope. <laughs> Just in time for Easter. Yes, yes. Harleen, uh, is there anyone um, or anything you'd like to promote? I know, obviously give a shout out to this organization, but uh, uh, anyone you're a fan of that you'd like to promote? Um, yes, well, uh, d- it, it also in addition to uh, the rest of the board at the Healthy Ham Habits, 
of America or ham, uh, you could go to Instagram and and check out at the death of Marat, like the painting, uh, and and just see what that that's that that's one of my grandchildren. She does eat from one of those dog bowls. Mm. So that's what to look forward to when you get to mm. that. Yeah, and she just deleted her uh her Twitter and her Facebook because she said she didn't want to be a puppet of the Russian state. I don't know what that means. I like puppets. I, you know. I also enjoy puppets, as any red-blooded God-fearing American should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's these grandkids. Ugh. There's millennials and Gen Zs. But you know, honestly, that's that's another episode. Honestly, if we get into that, uh, so but thank you so much, uh, Harleen Broussard, uh, for sharing so much about this, the the, the lovely joys of ham. Uh, thank you to our producer Cameron. Thank you for pronouncing it right, Doctor London. Well, it's, <laughs> I fresh from the conference, you know. Uh, thank you to our producer Cameron. Thank you to Jordan the host. DrLennonSmith.com, and this has been the Jock Doc Podcast. See ya.